Welcome to the Heat vs. the World Podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me making a season debut for this year, we got Anthony. And man, we got a great pod today, bro. I mean, first of all, I mean, it's great to see Anthony back after quite some time. And also, in case y'all missed it, I didn't know what I was going to sound like for today's episode because the Heat been pissing me off these last three games, and y'all know why. We got blown out by the Raptors, lost to a DeJounte Murray game winner against the Hawks, and then we got blown out by the Magic. You know, it didn't seem like a good time to be a Heat fan. But then in case y'all missed it, this morning, the news finally came out after all the speculation that Scary Terry, Terry Rozier, y'all already know who it is, he's landing to Miami, and yep, we traded Kyle Lowry to make it happen. Something I know a lot of Heat fans are happy about. And I just got to say, man, it feels good to see that the Heat finally made a trade. Because, listen, the last time we made a trade was 2021. I'm talking about a trade where we actually acquired a player. I haven't seen the Heat really make a trade since 2021, which is kind of crazy to think about. People will kind of look at, what what's it called? The trades that we made for money in the past, whether if it's trading for a guy like Dwayne Dedman. Um, last year or even the KZ Akpala trade but really like we actually made a trade where we acquired a player all right we haven't done that since 2021 when we made the trade for Victor Oladipo and then a few months after that when we did the sign and trade for Kyle Lowry so overall I'm in a good mood because my team actually went and did something and I'm feeling really good so before we even reflect on the games to me none of that stuff even matters because we actually have a guy that can help us with our offense. So I'm going to pass the mic to you, Anthony. Like, how do you feel after this trade? Good to be back. I had to go into hiding because after that uh, Whopper video dropped, which I may or may not have sang, all the Lowry fans were coming after me. Uh, and I had to wait till he was finally out of my city to make a return. But today is a beautiful day because Kyle Lowry is no longer employed by the Miami Heat. But now nah, I, I really don't want to make this a Kyle Lowry slander episode because he did have a lot of moments with the Miami Heat, although he didn't live up to his contract. But, I mean, you pretty much hit it right on the head. It, it, it's like this works or not. I think all Heat fans can be happy because they made a move to acquire a player. And it's been, it's been a lot of time since that happened. I think it was like 900 days. I'm not sure if you said it. Mm-hmm. But the guy could score, right? And this is an offensive league. You can only win so many games putting up 90 points and having a lineup out there with, like, Jimmy Bam, Heisman, and Caleb. You can only win so many games. This game will always be about buckets, and that's exactly what Terry Rozier is. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like this makes some instant contenders. You still have a lot of questions in the bat- in the starting backcourt, especially defensively. But I don't think the Miami Heat are done just yet, so I will say that. Right. And I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, we you mentioned that final statement. I was about to get into that. But, you know, I do want to try to close out this Terry situation real quick. 
overall, it's going to be interesting to see how this Heat team looks like because for me personally, and this isn't like, you know, a diss towards Tyler by any means. It's just been something that I know has been on a lot of Heat fans' mind. And it's the fact that the offense has still looked mad clunky as of lately. So you bring in a guy like Terry, and it seems like the Heat have worked really hard to make um, this big three of Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler look good on the floor together. You know, they go out and they put Kyle on the bench to try to fix whatever is going on there. And then now you go on and you trade a guy like Kyle to go and get a guy like Rozier. And your hope is that the offense will hopefully not be too much of a mess like what we've seen in these last couple games. So I do want to know, um, Anthony, like you look at how things are going for the Heat right now. Do you think Ty- – not Tyler. Do you think that Terry can fix what's going on with the Heat and fix whatever issues have been going on with this offense? Uh, I, I don't know if it's so much him fixing it. I think whether they got him or not, they would figure it out because a yeah. lot of the same issues we're seeing this year is stuff we saw last year. You know, lack of a backup point guard because Gabe Vincent was the starter and Larry was the backup and he obviously wasn't great. You know, so you had that issue. You had the issue of not having a starting power forward. They had trouble scoring last year. They had trouble shooting last year. But you saw by the time they made it to the playoffs, they eventually were able to figure it out. And that's what happens when you have a lot of great players like Jimmy and Bam and Tyler. So I think they would have figured it out by themselves anyways. But Terry Rozier is undoubtedly a major help in improving the offense. Because clearly, whatever they do were doing now wasn't working. And if anything, at the end of the day, it's just a fresh face. And even Tyler said it today. We saw it last year when, as soon as they inserted Kevin Love. Having a fresh face, something to mix it up, something to make it not so monotonous, that itself just has a major effect on everyone's play. Right. You know, so overall for the Heat, man, it's going to be great to see what this squad looks like because you got a guy like Rozier. You know, you have Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler at the three, Haywood Highsmith at the four. That's who I want in the starting lineup, if I'm being honest. And then you got Bam at the five. Like, is there a certain lineup that you got in mind, at, or are we riding with the same thing? Yeah, I, I was debating with this all day, and, and I will say I am, you know, publicly a Hayward Highsmith believer. I converted uh, a few months ago. It's been, it's been a good time because okay. I used to be a, a doubter. But I will say, I think that I would like Jame Jaquez at the four. Now, the reason a lot of people might give some pushback on that is because if you do start him, what scoring do you have coming off the bench, right? We know Jaime Hawkins is a bucket. If you have him off the bench, we know he could light it up there. But I think that he is too good a player to keep benched. I honestly believe that. Now, the starting lineup will need some defensive help with, you know, the backcourt that they'd have. I get it. That's why you'd want Highsmith. But Jaime Hawkins is a, is a, is a fine to a above average defender himself. So, I think that's what I'd like to see just because we see how much they're missing him now that he's been out. I, I mean, listen, man, like, I could totally agree because the way how Jaime's been playing, like, the dude has let it be known that he's not just a rookie, which is why every now and then when people use that word towards him, I always feel kind of weird about it because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that is a rookie. And I'll say this, man, because you did mention the fact that some people look at that type of move 
and it seems like we would miss scoring from there. But overall, man, like even then, you know, one statement that I've been writing with this squad since day one is that this might be one of the deepest teams in the Jimmy era. I don't know if you feel the same way, Ant, but like the way how this squad is, I personally do love the folks that we got on this squad. And being able to make a move like this where you bring in a guy like a Terry Rozier to handle the situation that we have with our point guard quality because Kyle wasn't cutting it. And it wasn't his fault, by the way. You know, you know, you said it earlier, um, and like we don't want to make this seem like a you know, screw Kyle type of episode because the truth was was that he was getting at a point in his career where he just wasn't the same, you know. And unfortunately, you know, it just couldn't work for the squad because we're trying to win a championship and the production we were getting from him was not going to be able to get this team to where they wanted to be. But going back to this, I mean, you go out and you get a guy like Terry and it puts you in a situation where maybe you can go out and trade for someone else because you mentioned it earlier, the window is open if you want to go out and make another deal. And a guy that neither of us mentioned in our starting lineups is a guy that I think could be traded next. And I don't know if you have this guy in mind as well, but it's someone who could be a free agent this summer. And there's been a lot of questions as to whether or not Miami would even have the money to bring this guy back. So. I do want to ask you, is this guy Caleb Martin, is that the guy you think could be thrown in a trade? Yeah, see, this is this is tough because if you go back to a few years ago, let's go back to 2020, right? There was a lot mm-hmm. of people saying trade Kendrick Nunn. Uh, you know, he might he might walk and that sort of thing. And he, they, he ended up walking and you lost him for nothing, right? But yep. because you kept him on the roster, you made an NBA Finals. You know, he was a starter on that NBA Finals team. You go back last year, we all knew Max Struess and Gabe Vincent were going to walk in free agency. And I, and I was a part of the camp saying, hey, trade those guys. You're going to lose them for nothing. But if we would have traded uh, Gabe and Max, we would have never made the NBA Finals. So we're in a similar predicament here where, yeah, I agree with you. I think the odds of Caleb staying on this team is slim and none just because another team will offer him a lot more money that he can't afford. But I don't want to punt on a season with the age that Jimmy Butler is. I want to try to, you know, uh, give him the best possible chance to win this year. When you have a guy as good as Jimmy Butler, I think you need to go all in every season. And if that means retaining Caleb Martin, I don't have a problem with it. Now, to your earlier point of them having a lot of different, uh, this, this Heat team being deep, that's very true. But the issue is they have a lot of similar players. You have a 3 and D wing in Caleb Martin, a 3 and D wing in Hamid Hakez, 3 and D guard in Josh Richardson. Meanwhile, you really have no true point guards or no true like power forwards, I guess, outside of Kevin Love. So if you can swing Caleb Martin to get maybe more of a position of need, then I would do it. But if not, I have no problem keeping him because with his experience and what he did last year, I think that's a guy that could help you win a championship this year. Right. And you made a great point because you look at all those players that you mentioned as examples and you know, it makes you think what could have been if those guys weren't there. And I know everyone wants to see the Heat make more trades, especially because, like I mentioned, it's been so long since we've actually acquired a player via trade. But if the Heat were to keep Caleb, I mean, it's not going to be the end of the world. I understand why people do want to keep him because there's the potential of Oh no, the pot, why people want to trade him because you look at some of the past situations where we've had guys and we've been able to develop them 
only to really get nothing in return for them. And, you know, if you're able to get some assets for a guy who was the Eastern Conference Finals, well, one vote away from being the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, then why not go for it? But the thing is, is that there's no guarantee that we're going to get a good trade out there if one shows up. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to trade a guy like Caleb just for the sake of trading him. You know, like, we got to go out there and we got to at least find a good package that's going to increase this team's chances of being able to win a championship. Is there one that's out there for this team? I mean, I personally don't know. You know, it's something that we'll just have to wait and see as more of these trade rumors come out. And, I mean, we don't even know who the Heat is interested in now because up to this very moment, we've only heard the rumors of, oh, the Heat might be trying to get a guy like Terry. Oh, they might try to get a guy like DeJounte Murray. And it seems like now with this trade happening today, we can finally put all those rumors aside. So it's really up to the Heat and whether or not they want to do something more. I know a lot of people have been hinting at the idea of maybe trading a guy like Caleb on Heat Twitter, you know, but... Like I said, there's no guarantee that the Heat are going to be able to make another big deal because if the Heat like their team, and I know everyone hates that statement because we hear Barry Jackson say it so many times, but this might be a moment where if the Heat actually do like their team and we actually do got to accept reality, I mean, that's perfectly fine, at least because of the fact that we made a deal. You know, we didn't choose to let Kyle's deal expire and do nothing with it. We were able to go out and actually find someone to step in and actually provide some elite production for this team. And you couldn't have found that in someone else, than not another than Terry Rozier. So if that's the case, and this is the end for Miami Heat when it comes to trades, you do look into the bio market. So I do want to know, Ant, like, is there any names in the bio market that currently pleases you or are you like, nah? Yeah, so there's. I was actually looking at a list the other day of potential buyout guys. This was kind of, when I was doing this, I was kind of under the assumption that there might be a Tyler Hero trade where you lose some depth. Uh, so I was kind of looking at guards primarily. But whether you whether you uh, trade Tyler or not, I still like some of these guys. Alec Burks, he's a, a bit older with Detroit. He obviously doesn't fit their timeline very well, but he's a bucket. I mean, 12 points per game in, in limited minutes, 40% from three. Uh, if they do need some scoring off the bench, which is what we're talking about, like if, if they were to start Hamid Hawkins, they have zero scoring off the bench. So maybe a guy like Alec Burks could help. For the same reason, I like Doug McDermott. Again, older guy on a younger team. He doesn't fit their timeline too well. He's playing limited minutes there, but is shooting 45% from three. And his nickname is literally Dougie McBucket. So he could still get you a couple. Uh, and I also like Patty Mills, who's played like 15 games this year. But did he not just light up the heat like when Trey yeah. Young was out like a couple days ago? I think he hit like nine, I hit like three threes or something. And obviously he's a veteran championship point guard, which I think is very important. And this Heat team still needs a backup point guard. I think someone like Patty Mills would be perfect, who can maybe contribute like you know fifteen minutes, you know, here and there throughout the season would help a lot. Right, you know, and I I have to ask though, like no love for PJ Tucker or Victor Oladipo. Uh, those are actually two good. Well, Victor, I don't know if he can play or not. You you can't acquire a guy and take up a roster space if he can't play immediately. But the PJ Tucker conversation is interesting. There's obviously there's been a lot of discourse on that because I'm pretty sure he's not playing at all with the Clippers now. He's a guy that I like a lot, and obviously he's not as good since he left the Heat system because no one knows how to use him like Spo does. 
But I do like, like, kind of the pros is because he hasn't played a lot this year, I think he'd be more fresh. That's but I, I kind of think Kevin Love is already doing what we'd want from P.J., except better. Obviously, P.J. is more defensive-oriented, but if you're kind of talking about a four that could rebound and stretch the floor, I think Kevin Love is already doing a fine enough job of that. And if you're talking about P.J. Tucker taking minutes from, like, a Hayward Highsmith, I'm not really a fan of that. But if they do have a roster spot, because if they lose some depth in another trade, I think he'd be a pretty good insurance policy as sort of like a backup or third-string four. Right. You know, and I'll say this, because I honestly meant that as a joke, man, because truth be told, like, I mean, listen, Victor, you had a good run here, but I don't know, because at this point, it's like, I don't think I can watch the Heat game and watch him, like, go to the basket or go up go up in the air and go for some huge play without this fear in my heart that something could happen, you know, because I really thought Bro was going to be good after he finally got that surgery when he missed the rest of that 2021 season. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But I'm still rooting for him, you know. But PJ, on the other hand, I mean, the dude is pushing 40. I mean, I don't know. You know, congrats on him for getting his money. You know, you wanted to go join your best friend in James Harden on Sixers. Do I know if there's a viable role for him on the Heat? At this point, I just don't think so because, shoot, you got to, like, look at the way how things are going for the squad. And, I mean, you mentioned it. You know, you look at what production we've been able to get from a guy like a Haywood Highsmith, and it's been awesome to see him develop more and more into what we were looking to get in a guy like PJ because Haywood has been that guy that goes on the floor and he's always hustling, you know. He's always playing that defense you need from him. And that's the type of guy where – you know, you're getting more comfortable of maybe putting him on the floor for a potential series against a team like the Celtics or whoever this Miami Heat team might face off against. Like, that's how much the Heat have been able to put into him and to potentially lessen his minutes because a guy like PJ, who, like I said, is nearing the age of 40, wants to come back. I mean, at this point, it is what it is. I mean, there's got to be some other team that wants you. I think Phoenix has interest in him and you know they're trying to get anyone that potentially could help that team out because KD needs whatever help he can get. That's why there was a rumor that apparently they want Miles Bridges for some reason. So, you know, go crazy, Phoenix. Do whatever it is y'all got to do. Anthony, I know you do got to hop out real soon, so thank you so much for hopping in. Um, But real quick, though, I do got to ask, man, like, this upcoming game for the Heat, you know, you got Heat and who is it? The Grizzlies? All right, yeah. So I do want to know, like, what's your expectations for this game, especially as Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I hope that Terry Rozier does not suit up uh, because shout out to my boy uh, Thomas. Uh, he just so happened to be born on tomorrow, and we're going out to celebrate his birthday dinner. So I will not be able to watch the Heat game, and I you not want to miss Terry Rozier's uh, debut. But shout out shout out to my boy Thomas. Happy birthday. Uh, but as far as what I'm expecting, I just want to see this heat. Uh, I guess that, that doesn't really mean I'm expecting anything. Uh, but it would be kind of funny if once they lose Kyle Lowry, if they could just ring off like six or seven straight wins. Uh, and that would just kind of make us all feel a lot better. But Memphis is not a great team. I'm, I don't want to look ahead. But they do got two tough matchups after that with Boston and New York coming up. So, you know, it, is like a must win this early in the regular season but 
if you do drop this one, you could be looking at a pretty gnarly losing streak. So I just am hoping for the best. So Anthony actually had to dip, and it looks like we're nearing towards the end of the episode. So, oh, wait, hold up. Oh, shoot, look who made it just in time. What's good, Kay? What's up, man? How you doing, boss? Always glad to be here. Um, it's an exciting time in Miami heat land. Um, I had to pull up, just got home from work. Um, so y'all excuse the all-day face, but I got all-day takes. Yes, sir. So, I mean, before we even get into exactly what just went on today, um, so me and Ant, we was just talking about this upcoming game against the Grizzlies. So I want to know, what's your expectations for this upcoming game? Um, Listen, man, when you look at the Miami Heat and where they've been over the last couple of games, um, you expect this Miami Heat team to find a new energy to play with anyway based off the fact that they've taken some really awful losses. But especially considering um, everything that has happened in Miami Heat land across the last 12 hours or so, you definitely expect them to come in with a newfound energy to themselves. Now, when you consider what's on the other side, a Memphis Grizzlies team playing without Damian, I mean, ooh, wrong name, playing without John Morant. We'll get to that later, believe me. Um, playing without John Morant, playing without Desmond Bain, um, playing without Marcus Smart, um, where Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be their best player. You're looking at a Memphis Grizzly team who should be susceptible and who should be right to be, you know what I mean, to welcome the Miami Heat into their building for a win. I want to say it's in Memphis. But at the same time, when you're looking at the Miami Heat, you also have to look at a game like the one of the more recent ones they just played against the Toronto Raptors where the Toronto Raptors had just shipped off the guy that was their best player, but proceeded to come in there and run the Miami Heat out the building on the offensive side of the ball. Now, a lot of that was predicated on their ability to make three-point shots. Gary Trent Jr., especially as we've covered in several different iterations of our show or on our network since then. But you look at that um, as a cause for pause. However, on to some things I'm sure we'll get to as the episode continues, as we come to an end, Ben, and I came in halfway through. Um, this, this particular game, for the Miami Heat should be one that sees them play with a very, a very youthful and newfound energy, if you understand what I'm saying. I'm trying not to step on our own toes. For real. Like, I completely agree because you're facing a shorthanded Grizzlies team. Just go out and get the win, man, because we've been in the trenches against teams like Orlando and Toronto. And like you mentioned, Toronto didn't even have Siakam, and Bruce Brown didn't even make his debut yet. And, you know, you had them guys out there looking like they was old Steph Curry, bro. They was out Absolutely. there every single shot imaginable, and you just cannot allow that to happen, bro. Just go out there and play the type of basketball that we know y'all are capable of playing because, you know, even before that, you look at that game against Brooklyn, and I'm not even going to the point where now we're just talking bad about the wins that we get, but, like, you know, Brooklyn's been a losing team, but that was another game where we started very slow in the beginning. And while we were able to get the win, it's only because, you know, we weren't in a hole that was too bad to the point where we weren't going to be able to make a comeback. Luckily, you know, despite being down by 16, we were able to figure things out. It wasn't like a game like what we saw in Toronto where we were down by 40-something or a game like Orlando, we were down by like 20-plus. So if I'm Miami, just go out there and do what you're capable of doing, especially because I want to see Jimmy play big minutes again. I'm very cautious of that as someone that wants to make sure he has fresh legs. And I'm probably overreacting to it anyways, but I'm very overprotective of him. 
So, you know, he played 40 minutes against Brooklyn. I don't want to see him play those types of minutes just for us to get more and more wins if possible. So let's just find a way to get this W without having to overdo it, you know? And I mean, here's the thing, man. We can go ahead and, and jump right to it because I know it's been discussed already on the show. But you look at the Wednesday Memphis game that way because, you know, their new acquisition, Terry Rozier, is questionable because of the trade. Now, you hope that he's going to play. However, those issues that you speak about, um, lack of ability to get a quality shot, um, inability to generate enough firepower at times to keep yourself competitive or make a valiant comeback effort in games, you hope that a guy like Terry Rozier can come right in and jump into an offense and make some shots. Now, we're still going to have a learning curve, learning to play with the other three main guys in Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Jimmy Butler, but you hope that his sheer offensive ability alone comes in and adds something to a Miami Heat team that has often gone cold at the worst times, and whether that's for a game, for a quarter, or for a possession, as they see themselves run out every second on the shot clock, um, it just seems to happen to them at the worst possible times. Right. And I mean, like you mentioned with the shot clock, I mean, last game against Orlando, I mean, we basically had a shot clock violation after every other play, it felt like, because I never seen, like out of all my years as a Heat fan, that much shot clock violations in a single game. And it's crazy because no hate to Orlando, but we had them looking insane on the defensive end, bro. Like, because there's no reason why that they should be putting us in so many situations where we're not even able to get a shot off in a 24-second span. Like, to me, it's just crazy to even wrap my head around that. You know? Absolutely. So, Especially in an offense that features Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and Bam Adebayo. That's exactly. nuts. And, you know, we, and I know you and Dean talked about, you know, the clunkiness of the offense. And we're not going to dive into, well, if you want to. We no, can. actually, no, we're going to dive into it. We have to, because when you're talking about adding a guy like Terry Rozier, I mean, look, it's a two part process. So let's go ahead and get this out the way first. So people don't think we're crazy, that we're <laughs> slandering, or that we aren't excited. It's an absolute positive move for the Miami Heat. And for many reasons. One, they added firepower. And, you know, they absolutely, you know, change the game for them from a potential of what they could do on any given night on either side of the ball. Absolute game-changing move for them. Now, in order for them to reach that full potential of it being the game-changer it could be, you have to assess the fit and how you're going to best get – how you're going to get the most out of Terry Rozier. Um, my – hesitancy up until you know before the trade happened of course as i said excited super excited about the trade always excited to have more time especially one that's shown it to be as talented as sarah roger can be on your favorite ball club but at the same time my hesitation before a deal was made was okay now you're bringing a guy into the fold who also needs to rock to be his best self i warn people you're not going to get the terry roger that you got in charlotte because he's not going to have the rock as much he's not going to have the freedom he's not going to have the same opportunities in charlotte it was terry go make something happen for us most of the season whether that be a shot for him or a shot for somebody else now as Lamelo ball came back from injury in the last couple of games you've actually seen his overall production from game to game take a slight hit now there have been those games where he'll step up and do a little more but for the most part you can absolutely see the impact of having back their main ball handler so when you look at the miami heat you have to ask yourself is the fit going to allow them to maximize what it is that he does? And that's a question that they have to answer. Now, before we go too deep on that, I guess 
what would be your thoughts on that whole scenario? Is that just as important as the move itself, the fit of the move? I mean, I mean, shoot. I mean, I was trying to talk this with Anthony. We didn't really go too deep into it, but it goes back to something that has been on my mind for a while now and something we've talked about over and over again. And that's just simply being able to make sure that everyone's put into a position to succeed. And that especially goes with another guy, with the guy that Terry's going to share that backcourt with. And that's another Dan and Tyler hero because, you know, some people question it and they want to know if this is a move that both guys can succeed in. And we were talking about this on the phone earlier today, you know, like the Heat, they've went out of their way to help Tyler succeed with the starting lineup. You know, that's why we saw a guy like Kyle go to the bench and that's why they go and you bring a guy like Terry because you want to see if you can make this work. And, you know, I'm a little skeptical about it because I don't know. I personally feel like for the sake of the fit, because I personally love the Terry, um, si not signing, but the trading for the Heat because I feel like this type of move allows you to get more power on offense, you know. If a guy like Jimmy isn't hitting his shots, or even Bam, or even a Tyler, you have a guy you can count on. Because, you know, these last three games, I mean, I don't even know how much we scored in each game. But I don't need, when was the last time we even hit 100K? Like, I'm genuinely asking right now. Um, Yo, K, um, I'll go research and keep talking. My bad, boss. All right. Yeah, because it's a little, and I don't know, maybe it happened last game. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but the way how the offense has been, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a week ago or something. And it shouldn't be like that for this squad, especially in a generation right now, especially in the league we are in right now, where we see almost every day where a team is scoring 150 points in a game. And I mean, yeah, there isn't much defense being played in this league right now. But if that's the case, there's no reason why the Heat can't get a good 100-something points per game, you know? I'm not asking you to go out there and give us 150 or whatever, but to go on this bit of a drought where you can't even hit 100, it's crazy. Because I think to start the fourth quarter, we only had 69 points in game. No, I almost, I'm thinking playoffs already. 69 points against the Magic the other night. That right there, like, to be 31 points away from even being able to hit 100, bro, that means you wasn't even able to at least get 25 points per quarter. Only 23, mathematically speaking, you was able to get per each quarter. Like, that right there just doesn't sit well with me. And that's why I'm glad you bring in a guy like Terry Rozier because at this point, I know our defense might not exactly be perfect. I think we're, like, ranked 11th right now in that. But, shoot. This team, I, I don't worry about it because we know Spo's going to have an answer for it, especially a team like the Heat that always, you know, holds their own on the defensive end of the floor. And you can work your lineups with it because you still have Jimmy, Bam, and even other guys like a Haywood Highsmith and all of them. But we need more offense, and that's why I'm pleased with this move because at least it helps solve some of the issues we've had on that end, you know? I agree with you 100%. Like I said, adding more firepower is never a bad thing, especially um, in light of the next thing we're going to talk about here. But just to kind of, you know, put a button on your point or to answer your question, you're kind of scarred. I can see that you're traumatized. Um, the Miami Heat did score 108 points against Atlanta last Friday. Now, they lost the way they did on DeJounte Murray last second shot. 
So I can understand how that may be a little absent in your brain right now. Um, because if you look at the other three games outside of that in the last four games, they scored 87 against the Lando Magic, as you mentioned. They scored 97 points against the Toronto Raptors, as you mentioned. And even though it was a win, it took overtime for them to score 96 points in Brooklyn. Before, ironically enough, scoring 104 um, in their previous game and win over Terry Rozier and his Charlotte Hornets um, back on Sunday, January the 14th. Wow. I mean, so that right there, I mean, the fact, and I even forgot about that Brooklyn game. Like, we went to overtime, and we weren't And able still to- didn't crack a hundred. <laughs> That's crazy. Miami. That's crazy. <laughs> Welcome to Miami, Terry, bro. <laughs> All right. So that brings up an interesting question. And you got to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Can Terry Rozier and Tyler Hero coexist in the starting lineup? If it's God's will, it will happen. <laughs> I'm you, went the- you went theological. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. It's like, listen, I'm a little skeptical because I just don't know. Because, like, Terry is a great player, bro, but I just haven't seen it because it's been, what, his fifth season now? And it just seems like even then our big three of Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler still haven't been able to get it together. So I don't want to say it's not going to work because I have faith in the squad. I have faith in Spo that maybe they can figure something out. But I am skeptical at the very least. You know, if they can figure it out, you know, God is good, you know, great. But if not, man, there's nothing wrong with simply putting Tyler on the bench and going from there. Like, and it's not, we need to break the stigma that revolves around having guys come off of the bench. Because every time this is suggested, people look at this and think, oh my gosh, y'all hate Tyler. Why do you guys hate on him so much that you guys want him to come off the bench? What do y'all think the bench is? Like Yo, I'm not- you, you went so 2023 on me. Like, you know, we talking hoops, right? And my man said, we need to break the stigma. Exactly. I'm trying to say <laughs> all the young folks out there that stand entirely here. I know there's some older folks too, but to all them listening, bro, break the stigma, dog. We need to break the stigma yeah. of the bench. Break the stigma because there's no nah, way- man. You you know where I'm at with it. Like, I mean, yeah. we're we're in the same place. And and I think, and as I've said often, that isn't a Tyler Hero thing, man. I know it seems so much like it's a Tyler Hero thing, but it actually isn't saying as much about Tyler Hero as it is about everybody else. Like the way you play the game, you can get yours from anywhere. So why not do that and help your team? Point blank period. Right. Because that's just the thing for the Heat, you know, and like because I because I don't worry about Terry. I look at what Terry did with Terry with, with um with with Lamelo Ball. I look at what he did with Miles Bridges when he's played. I look at what he did with PJ Washington in the fall. I look at what he did with Mark beside Mark Williams, Gordon Hayward. I look at all those guys being able to, even though they haven't had team success, of course. I look at all those guys being able to produce on an individual standpoint, um, beside each other. So. If you're able to produce, Spo will teach you out how to win. But I said to the question we're answering, that doesn't bother me so much with Terry because we've seen him do it. Yeah. 
And I mean, even going back to his time in Boston, too. I mean, that's where the name Scary Terry even came from, you know, his time there. And I got faith in Terry. I love this pickup for the Heat because I just know he can provide that spark for the squad, you know. And I mean, shoot, look at the guys that we've been able to implement into our system in the past. I mean, we had a guy like Gabe Vincent as our starting point guard and shout outs to him. But you're now bringing in a guy that you can argue is a lot more skilled than a Gabe Vincent in a Terry Rozier. So the fact that you're blessed with that and that you can potentially get the most out of him, having a guy like Spo as his coach. For me personally, that right there excites me the very most because I feel like we're about to see probably one of, if not maybe the best version of Terry Rozier now that he's a member of the Miami Heat. You feel me? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's always a thing with the Miami Heat. They get the most out of the lease. And when you come to them with something that you were expecting great things from, there's a 90%. They probably have like a 90% hit rate on getting what they're supposed to get out of you know what i mean things that you have expectations from which is what makes the miami heat the miami heat pat riley pat riley the rest of the crew the crew and of course eric exposure eric exposure because they have the ability to do that when you hear this thing um you know it's really i would say almost tongue-in-cheek because it's like half and half but when you hear they don't miss like that's the miami heat they don't miss like yeah. rarely like they like they're going nine of ten from the free throw line type stuff if that's what we're saying right um and I mean, we already missed our one out of the nine out of ten in Omer, so we are, we gotta make like the next nine now. So that's a know. fact. And 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 again, the thing about that was even expectations over, you know what I mean, production. Like, yeah, Omer could rebound and he could score the ball a little bit, but as I told you, as I begged of you guys, understand, he ain't playing because he can't guard nobody. Exactly. And every was- time, I mean, like every time he got in, bro, it just seemed like some. Weird stuff happened. Like I said, Omer was kind of be standing in the place for like five seconds, and the guy has moved from in front of him to behind him, got the offensive rebound, and put it back up before he even turned his head. Exactly. I mean, so with that all being said, though, like for the Heat, man, I, like I said, I'm not worried, bro. I just want to see some actual basketball to be played. With. I'm hoping Kyle does pull up to Charlotte real soon to take that physical because I want to see what happens tomorrow. And hell, if we can't get it tomorrow, obviously I would be a little bummed because I do want to see him make his debut as soon as possible. But think about that next game. You you, you know who they're playing after the game after that, right, K? Right, absolutely. I mean, that game after that is a um, rivalry game, as they say. It's rivalry week in the NBA, right? Rivalry week. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> Let me see. Rivalry week, rivalry week. Yo, man, this ain't good for me, bro. Rivalry- I was about to say, and, and you know what I'm about to say, bro. You don't count. You do everything well. Um, So <laughs> listen, here's the thing, bro. Um, Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat are mortal enemies. I mean, from UD and his comments on Bill Russell to all of their recent playoff paths and history to Bill Simmons being afraid of the Miami Heat like they're the boogeyman. Um, just know that they're lurking around somewhere to ruin this season and send them to bed crying. Um, this is always a big one. When you're talking about the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, it's always a big one, especially in light of the finals matchups that they've had in recent years, as I mentioned. I mean, you're talking conference finals matchup year after year after year, especially in the Jimmy Butler era. If it hasn't been one, it's been the other. Now, 
And when you look at it, the Miami Heat have gotten the better of those matchups way back to the bubble and the block. So this game is a huge one for the Miami Heat. And then you have the storyline of Terry Rozier not only joining the Miami Heat, but facing off against one of his former teams in the Celtics. Um, I mean, I just think it would be – I want him to play against Memphis because the Miami Heat need a win. And the more you can – the more time you have to get a guy acclimated, the better. Yeah. And especially, you know, giving him some time to get some run before going into Boston. But I really need him to play against Boston. Because it's one of those games where you just don't think too much. You just let your skills take over. And you could see a version of Terry Rozier, you know, that really give us something to be excited over. And not that that's the version you're going to always see. Because as you mentioned, it's going to take time. But I think it will really be exciting, um, especially to have him in the lineup against the Boston Celtics. Because now they know this is what they got to see for at least the next two years. Right. And the thing is, it's like it would be so poetic if he became the Celtic killer, because like I said before, this was the city, the team that gave him the nickname Scary Terry. And, you know, I mean, Terry Rozier has had some interesting tweets in the past. One of them being that Osama bin Laden should be hooping instead of killing people. And then the other one being that, you know, Celtics fans was doing a Q&A with him on Twitter and they literally asked him who did he think was the better player. Pierce or D Wade, and he said, "Well, D Wade top three to me. Don't even bother asking me this." And this had all the Celtics fans shook in his um comment section, talking about, "You think D Wade is top three all time?" So to see that type of guy, you know, even when he was still with Boston, say that if he can become the new Celtic killer, to me that would be so fulfilling to see. So I'm completely there for it. I, I'm going to say right now, I hope he dropped 30 on him because I'm going to go crazy that night, especially when y'all do y'all Biscayne breakdown after that. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to feel real good after that. So please, Terry, if, if you're listening to this, bro, if you if you just randomly wa watching this right now, we, we believe in you, bro. Go do your thing, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, man, overall for me, um, I love the move. I mean, the Miami Heat, and this is the part of it for me that I really love. The Miami Heat gave up nothing. Exactly. They gave up nothing. I mean, you could look at their roster and say, well, they gave up a first-round pick. I mean, yeah, these, this is a team that doesn't value first-round picks. First of all, like I told you guys in the Biscayne Breakdown maybe last week when it was me, Kev, um, and of course you were producing, me, Kev, and Dean, I mentioned protecting the pick and people were laughing and I was like, yeah, I get it. I understand. People were kind of chucking it up. Like for what? I'm like, nah, bro, because that way you might get a chance to keep it. Like if they'll take it, you protect it. And that's what they did. And of course, if that pick is conveyed to 2028, then you got a situation where those same protections don't exist. But if you look at the way that everything is slotted that year, it won't be that high anyway. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be. Anyway, long story short, the Miami Heat got over on Charlotte by sending them this protected first-round pick in 27. And then also Kyle Lowry's expiring deal. And they were able to get a guy, which also, as I mentioned, the biggest thing was taking back the money if you wanted to attach yourself to that money. Now, the Miami Heat saved themselves $15 million. So if you want to look at it as that type of move, then you do look at it as a tax move as well. They created another trade exception, which means they could go out there and do some other things because now they have free money via trade exception. 
I mean, there were a lot of great things about this move. Like I said, I still wonder about the fit, but as far as what this does for them, their chances, what they have been and what they will be moving forward, that rally strikes again. I mean, this is why people hate the heat. Right. This is why and, people hate the heat. And by the way, um, I don't I don't really keep up with like the trade exceptions and like how much of an impact it could have, but the Heat do have a six million dollar trade exception, by the way, like a six point five something like that. So I don't know if they plan on putting it to you, but they got four trade exceptions right now. All right, like I said, I'm not like an expert with this cap stuff, so I don't really know much about. I I, I, I ain't gonna hold you. You know, he said some weird stuff, but I follow Bobby Marks, and he always does a good job with it. So, um, this adds another one, like a six point three mid level type deal. This ad, this trade adds that to their to their stable, which they already had three. Um, I mean, you know, Joel is just about if everybody's going to be willing to do what it takes to win, and I think we all know what that means, right? Yeah, I think we all know what that means, and this is an agenda against him. Now, if they can figure it out and it works, I'll, if Spoke throw them four I'll, guys out on the court and it works, I support it. Right, but if but if it doesn't, then you have to be willing to try that. Yeah, I mean, I, that that I think that's pretty much. I, I think that's just pretty much the gist on that, man. I think that's just pretty much how that has to go. It's a positive move for the Miami Heat, but they're gonna have to figure out how to make it work from a basketball perspective. Rock rain. Exactly, and I'll say this: we still have a lot of time before the trade deadline, which is why it's great the Heat made this move. But, but that's why those exceptions are important. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Because now you have time to look at what this roster needs. And like, let's see, today is what? The 22nd, I think, or 21st? 23rd. 23rd. Bro, I'm so sorry right now. I'm all over the place. Um, You got so much time left because we're talking about what? Like, let's see, 16 days left before the trade deadline comes around. That's over two weeks you got to look at this squad and examine what you're working with right now. So if you can go out and see what more you got to do, whether if you're fine with the roster you got right now or if you want to make any other trades, everything is on the table for you, which is why I'm so glad the Heat made this deal as early as they did, you know? You know, and like, you got Memphis, Boston, New York, Phoenix, Sacramento, of course, Washington. You got the Clippers again, Orlando again, Spurs, Boston again. Um, all by February 11th. So you got a nice stretch of games in there to really help you, you know what I mean, to really help you get a good view on what your team is, how you're going to look competing against some of the league's best from both sides of the NBA. And as you mentioned, Joe, you just got – you give yourself an opportunity um, with this little bit of time so close to the deadline, that quality of competition and exception you created to go and make yourself another move to help yourself be the best version of yourself when the playoffs roll around. Exactly. You know, and I'm I'm one of those guys for like if a deal is available, you go for it. And I feel like you're kind of the same way too, Kay. Like, cause some mm -hmm. people are suggesting the idea you go out and you could like trade a Caleb Martin because like he could be a free agent soon. And now that you bring in a guy like Terry, you're gonna have some money tied in for the next couple of years. And I'll say this, bro, and this was something that Anthony brought up earlier on the show. If you can get a guy, if you can get a good upgrade from a Caleb Martin, I'm all for it. Like, let's just not make a trade just for the sake of making one, you know? As long as we're all on the same page with that, then by all means, I'm fine with it. 
because I get where people are coming from because we don't know if this dude is going to come back for next year. But at the same time, though, people have been upset about the fact that we never sold on certain guys that's been on this team in the past, whether if it is a guy like a Max Bruce or a Kendrick Nunn, you know? But the thing is, you're looking at a guy like Caleb who's coming off of what? you know, one vote away from being Eastern Conference Finals MVP. And I think, like I said, you and I can both agree that if you can find a good upgrade for him, if you can go out and find a move that can improve this roster even more, go ahead and include Caleb in whatever deal you could find. But the thing is, is that until you find it, just don't try to trade him for nothing. Because at the end of the day, it's not like it's a curse if you can keep him on your team. Because at the end of the day, I still have faith that could he be Eastern Conference Finals MVP runner-up this upcoming year? Maybe not. I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to be realistic with it. Maybe he might not have that same type of performance again. But he can still be a significant player in your rotation come playoff time. So even if you don't trade for him, it might seem unfortunate come the offseason if he was to end up leaving. But still, if you can keep him and he ends up having another great run come playoff time, to me personally, while you could possibly look at the assets we could have potentially gotten in a trade for him, I mean, if there's nothing on the table for him, then I can completely understand why the Heat would choose to stay pat with what they got and just simply run it back with him for this upcoming playoff run. Because like I said, this is the Eastern Conference Finals runner-up we're talking about. A guy that was just one vote away from actually winning the whole award, too. Everything you said is 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 valid. And I think that's the platform from which I speak on here. Where's the upgrade? Like, name a guy that's available. Name a guy that isn't available that's a realistic upgrade. I don't even that know. Does, because that does everything for you that Caleb does when he's right. Right. I don't even know because the thing is, it's like the only rumors we've heard is Terry and DeJounte. If you tell me, I mean, some random reporter might say, oh, this guy could be available, but let's be right. Real. But like, you know, Trey, there's not, you like, you're not going to get DeJounte for a package built around Caleb and we already got Terry, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you right. already. Okay. So. Right. Bet. You spent your big money, which was Kyle. So it had to be like a mid-level, like, you know, if you want to go Dorian, Finney, Smith, whatever, whatever. Okay. I don't like him as a, as a supreme upgrade over Caleb because even though he gives you a little more size, a little more on the defensive end, what you take away from shot creation, overall explosiveness, and multiplicity with Caleb, you 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 lose more there than you gain with DFS's size and defensive switchability. Exactly. Also, notice I said when he's right, and I and I told you. I hate the way people do this to Jay Rich as well. Jay Rich wasn't right at the beginning of the season. He took a few games, and he's still making mistakes, but he's making plays. The same thing has been with Caleb. Caleb didn't start the season healthy. Heck, Caleb just started playing regularly, like, what, 15 games or so ago? So it's like the man is getting his sea legs up under him. Like you mentioned, we know what he could be when he's right. He was a vote away from being an Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Like, I mean, why are you trading that? And here's the last thing. You can always go above the cap to sign your own. So I feel like if it's a situation where the money is logical, he helps you now. So that's the reason you're not trading him now. But yeah. also because you want to keep him. So you hope that once negotiations start, y'all can find a place that works best for both of y'all 
because you can go above the cap without penalty to resign them. Point blank, period. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll just say one more thing, though. Like, with the way how it's set up, like, you got guys like Caleb on this squad. And I like this team because, you know what? Everyone talks about the cons of running it back. But when you've had a team that's now been in the finals and the conference finals, it allows you to get more experience and stuff, you know? And like, that- yo, that, that's what's killed. Not to cut you off again, Joe, but that's what's killed me about this. They like their team and running it back bull job. Bro. This has only been a team that's been in the conference finals of the NBA finals three out of the last four years. What's the problem? What 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 like, what, what we want? And I get where the frustration is regarding not making a signal because what happens is people see like when certain teams go out there and they get better, and it's like okay, the Heat aren't doing nothing. Oh shoot, now we're running. But are they getting better though? That's the thing, you know, like like you because you're because people gonna point to like Boston and every move they made switching their team up every season for the last six seasons. And like I said, like when we started my appearance on this episode today, we talked about the whole, well, you know, in the middle of it, we talked about Boston and how the Miami Heat have been more successful against them in the playoffs in the last four years than they have been against the Miami Heat. So I don't understand that theory, Joe. Not exactly, because, like, that's just the way how it is with fans. Like, they see it and it frustrates them. And, like, I get it if you go through it the first maybe one time. And if you go for it a second time, I mean, it is what it is. But, like, if you continue to go through it, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Because, I mean, last year, not this past offseason, but the one before that, they go out and they get Malcolm Brogdon. And you just see the riots coming from Heat Twitter because it was like, oh, shoot, they went and got this dude. What did the Heat go out and get? Nothing. You know, P.J. Tucker is gone. You know, we're going to be a playing team. Well, we actually was a playing team, but that's not the point. Bottom line was that a lot of fear was in that, and yet this was a team we ended up beating in the conference finals, you know? But it's something that does work people up. And, like, for me personally, like, when you've seen this happen over and over again and you've seen some of these teams bring in certain players, I mean, yeah, you do want to see your team get better, of course, but you always have to bank on the fact that the experience is going to be there. And then there's the fact that you can't even count on some of these players that these teams bring in too. They just went and got poor Zingas. And like you try and tell me I'm supposed to be scared of that. That man barely been in the playoffs that long. And how much have we seen him shine, bro? Like, there's a reason why even he did what he did in Dallas. Like, they still chose that he wasn't even that good enough. So they said, all right, man, we just going to ship you to freaking Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie. That's how very little they thought of, bro. Now, by the way, if you're saying something, I can't hear it right now. But um, that's how very little they thought of him, you know? I was just agreeing with you because you made a very good point. I knew I was on mute. But to your point, um, as we near the end, you mentioned – um, about deals, and you brought up guys like Brogdon, and you brought up Chris Stapps-Pazingas, but I take it, I specifically go back to a guy like Brogdon and other guys, how much impact they're going to make. You look at a guy like Brogdon, um, who eventually got shipped out to Portland yep. um, now, and then you look at a guy like DeAndre Aiden, who was also involved in the Dame Lillard deal, which indirectly has everything to do with Boston and Milwaukee. And I mean, since we had gotten there, we would be remiss if we didn't mention at least um, Oh. Adrian Griffin's sudden firing um, about five games into the season here. Um, just give me a quick thought on that before we close. I know you hosting the show, but. It, oh, oh yeah. Listen, man. Milwaukee Bucks, if y'all listening to this podcast, bro, I just got to say, you know, as a Heat fan, 
you know, I would be very scared if y'all go out of y'all's way to sign Doc Rivers, man. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to, you, you stepped on my toes because I was also going to mention, I mean, 15 minutes before I got on, um, I saw a report on my phone. 15 minutes. So we 35 minutes in. So about 50 minutes ago, I saw a news ticker that said the Bucks and Doc Rivers are in serious discussions on a contract. And when you not just flirting no more and y'all talking contract, by the morning, we're going to hear the press conference announcement. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, Doc is going to be the coach of the Bucks. I love it, man. I love my life right now. <laughs> I mean, I, listen. I mean, you think that LeBron James mean. I can't believe it's in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They really went and got Doc Rivers, bro. I'm in tears, man. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a raw deal. Look, it's a raw deal for Griff, bro. Um, but he was set up to fail. Like, it, it wasn't a winning situation. Um, but it's just Damian Lillard fallout. Joe Cronin, count your days, buddy. You're next. Yeah, I man. told you guys from the middle of the summer, I said, look, this is either going to make Joe Cronin a martyr or this is going to get him and a lot more people fired. Now, even me, the brilliant guy that I am, didn't know that that hand would extend all the way to Milwaukee and mean Griffin. But this is exactly what I was thinking. Because when you make decisions like this, when you make decisions like this um, with your heart, because your butt hurt instead of with your head and doing what's best for your team and all parties involved, this is what happens. So Joe Cronin, count your days, buddy. Speaking yeah. of DeAndre Aiden, who says he's a max player in the league, and, you know, that's all he's, he's forever going to be a max player. And as long as he can, you know, get to the game without it being too much ice on his street, um, he's going to be a max player. I mean, that's what he's that's what he said, Joe. Right. <laughs> Dominating, man. And I say hey. like I go to church, man, and they always say the weapon that shall be formed shall not prosper. Okay? <laughs> so, oh, y'all. That was involved in that little trade that happened this past summer. No weapon formed against me. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all won't prosper, man. That goes for the Trailblazers, and that especially goes for y'all cheeseheads over in Milwaukee. So y'all, y'all, y'all was going crazy, man. Oh my gosh, we got Giannis and Dame, bro. We went in the championship. Hey, look, I know, hey, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I know we don't have no official partner, so I'm not going to announce no names, but I got to put my daily fantasy lineups in for the game start at seven. Um, so before we close out here, Joel, again, y'all took over hosting duties. I'm excited. <laughs> Listen, man, what does this do for the Miami Heat? Like, what? what's your top, what's your ceiling? Ceiling, Terry Rozier, if they can figure it out, would you have all the confidence in the world they can do? And if that means putting Tyler on the bench, spot, and that's what the fuck it means. But, if they can figure it out and reach their ceiling, what is it, Joe? I think we can win a championship because let's be real. I'm I, I, even before this trade, I was already mad skeptical of Boston and um, Milwaukee, so I was never exactly being like, "Oh." Okay. I mean, Milwaukee was mad skeptical of Milwaukee, apparently. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't even worried about like if the Heat could even make it to the finals. Period. It was just a matter of how we would do against a certain team in the West if we was to get there. Because the West is obviously stacked and stuff. And but Denver, nobody besides Denver scares me. 
and Denver ain't as good this year. Now, Joe, the Joker is still the Joker, but we've added firepower. All our guys are back healthy, and you have to imagine that Bam and his newfound offensive attack is not only to make him a better overall player, but the only way you can beat the Joker is by making him have to guard you or by clunking up the fouls on him or making him scared to guard you, which is the situation with Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid could guard him. Joel Embiid just couldn't get off as much on the offensive end. I don't think the Joker could guard Joel Embiid for four quarters for four quarters without being in foul trouble. It just ain't possible. Right. So I think you got that whole thing too. Yeah. So for me, I don't think why we can't win a championship because, and you know, it's funny because I've had this in my freaking um, name thing for so long now. I really feel like we can do this, bro. Like if the Heat, like I said before, we have so much time to make another trade if it even feels like it. Yes, sir. Heat and five always scary, Terry spooky hours, man. That's the thing for this squad. I like this team because you know what? We're going to use this time. And you know what? I mean, well, actually, this move, everyone was worried about Mickey and if he would even want to make a move because of money, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, Carnival back up, baby. <laughs> like, this trade right here shows that this is a team that's trying to go out of their way to go out and win a championship. So, you know what? We have 16 days left till the deadline. And I know if this team feels that they need to make another move, they're going to do it if at least the name comes up because we don't even know who the heck going to be available. But we'll have to wait and see for that. And then to add on to it, there's also a buyout market as well. You know, you look at what's going on right now. Like maybe we, I don't know how the cap is regarding who can we even sign right now because there's a whole thing with that. But if you can go out and get a guy like who can be what Kevin was for you last year as our buyout signing for that. And even then, you know, don't be upset if we might not even be able to match a guy to bring on to this team that can have that type of value because we were just extremely blessed that they were stupid enough to even buy out Kevin Love in the first place. Absolutely. But you can go out and find another guy like that. I mean, come on, bro. Let's get the banner rolling up. And you know what? It would be a perfect way to go into the fall season, you know, Putting up that D-Wade statue and raising up a banner couldn't write a better story than that. So by all means, I'll be there for that. I'll be there for every single second. And I mean, we've touched on so much, man. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Nope, I agree with you. I'm ready. All right, man. So thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow Heat vs. the World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. Make sure to follow Anthony, who was here earlier at Anthony D underscore Heat. And, man, we got a great amount of content heading our way. It's going to be a fun season, of course, now that we got scary. Yes, sir. And, man, we got Biscayne Breakdown pulling up soon. And we will be going live, actually. So be on the lookout for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Going live after the game, man. So be on the lookout. We'll go live on Twitter and YouTube, too, if you don't got an account. So be on the lookout on the channel as well. And overall, we got some great content heading our way. So let's continue rooting for this team. Let's continue putting our passion into this team because I'm telling y'all, Good things are coming real soon, man. They going to find out real quick what this team is capable of doing. So keep sleeping on us. That's what we love. It's going to get scary. It's going to get scary. As in Scary Terry. Yup, exactly. So 
with that all being said, man, thank y'all so much for tuning in. And until next time, man, hit my music because we are out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast.